But how was your holy jolly Christmas? <laughs> oh, mate, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas. Happy Boxing Day. Thank you. Uh, it's like- always... That was done again. <laughs> what did you get for Christmas, Doss? Well, I got a nice little bike. Oh, did you? A nice red one. So you're guessing? Yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, that's not true. It's uh, it's up in the air, I guess. Yeah, we're I still mean, a f- couple of weeks away from Christmas. It was uh, on my list, but this is airing on Boxing Day. So it is. Uh, if you're listening to it on Boxing Day or later on or whenever it is, Basically, today, it's all about recapping 2022, isn't it, mate? It's been a big year. It's been a great year. and I can't wait for this episode because we've done about an hour of brainstorming and had a look back at the year that has been. And we're going to bring the best moments today. A few categories. And I just can't wait to reflect with you. Oh, it's a trip down memory lane. There's nothing like when you get to reflect. When you're in this game, this K-Part, it's very much a comparison type scenario. Yes. It's hard to, to uh, look at everything that you've achieved. So to be able to sit down and... Have a laugh with you and talk about the funny stuff. Maybe shed a few tears. Who knows? Learn a few lessons from our previous guests. And you forget about stuff. You, you do. Like we, we went back through the 50 plus episodes we put out this year. Tell you what, there's going to be a few people stiff that they missed out on oh. uh, not getting not getting played on this episode. But we only had so many spots and uh, a couple exactly. big names go missing. <laughs> they do. And, 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 you know, nothing, nothing to them. It was just uh, in, in terms of the categories today. Should we read a few of the categories? Read them out, out son. All right. So first category is going to be shocking moments. Oh, yes. So the most, plenty of those. The most shocking and controversial moments on Dawson D. And that's coming, you know, from some stories from our guests or potentially even us. Then we've got the best of Dawson D. Of the, just the two of us the bantering of us. back and forth. So. What's, it, what's that going to look like? I tell you what, there's probably going to be a little word I like to say is pornography might be involved again. And uh, <laughs> But I can't wait. I don't want to give too much away till we get to the segment, but we've got some of the funniest clips from this year from just the two of us. And then we've got funny moments from our guests. Yep. So as, as you can imagine, the guests that we've had on the show have had some absolute cracker stories. Uh, we had a laugh with some of our guests, so we share those. And then we've got some some more educational type content. Yeah, educational, was it, heartwarming, it, heartwarming, just heartwarming. lessons, just yeah, life yeah, lessons. Life lessons. I don't know. How Dawson to put D life lessons. It. Last year we put five life lessons out as our best of the year. We decided oh, we'll go down a different path this year. But yeah, that that's going to be great content too. So, uh, firstly, congratulations on the year. Thank you. It's you been too. a great year. Um, Actually, before we get into today's like the highlights, let's talk a little bit about the year in terms of what, what are you what are you proudest of? Gosh. Question without notice. Yeah, but. yeah. I I think I'm proud of us in terms of how consistent we've been. Yeah. I knew that we were going to – this isn't going to stop at all anytime soon, but there's there are times when maybe things do get hard and you end up – you know, you've got things going on with work and, you know, I got into a relationship this year and so did you and there's just lots of like uh, – <laughs> Continue, continue. And a lot, a, lot, a lot has happened in the year. Yeah. So for us to- – <laughs> For us, for to, us to keep keep growing, Doss yeah, is saying. Yeah, for us to keep, yeah. But so we we started the year in England and we're not going to recap the whole year. We've done that on previous episodes. But, you know, we the year started in England and that feels like – because when we did this episode last year, I can't believe that was a year ago. We were literally about to board a plane to go to England. That's where the year started for us. And then we've done, you know, the street talk stuff really helped us this year. With TikTok, we weren't even on TikTok at the start of the year. And now we've just – Ticked over ten thousand followers, yeah, which um, is which is really really exciting. A proud is, moment, and and you know to to be able to you know work with some clients as well to create content for them, which is really cool. Which is a new space we've entered into to kind of help you know propel what we're doing forward and you know create better content for you guys and keep this thing rolling. And ultimately, we are you know we, we keep edging closer and closer and closer to our dream life. Yeah, exactly. You know, which is doing Dustin D as a job. That's right. And really, that's what's 
starting to happen. We get we get to connect and, and speak to amazing people from from everywhere in terms of whether it's sport or business or finances or sex or whatever. Yeah. Whatever you whatever you want to hear, come, come to the Doss and D show because next week could be different to the week week after. That's right. Hundred percent. Good year. Next year's gonna be even better. And uh, just before we start this episode, do you remember New Year's Eve last year where we were standing in uh, we we're standing in London and we were I saying, do. mate, this is unbelievable and couldn't wait for the year ahead. But I don't think we would have predicted back then really what we achieved this year. So not at all. Just oh. want to I actually want to take this moment because we normally do this at the end of the episode. But let's do it at the start to thank everybody who listens. Mm. Um, whether it's you know once a month, every week, you know sporadically for guests, for just us, no matter what it is. Thank you so much for being a huge part of our show. Whether it's social media, commenting, engaging, following, listening in, enjoying the content, writing it, no matter what it is. We couldn't do it without you, so big thank you. Well, you guys make the show, and we do it for you guys. That's right. Um, so for us to to know that we've got people that consistently want to listen to us talk rubbish. Across the world as across well. Across the world. And then also, you know, those that are interested in the people that we're interested in. Yeah. You know, we, we interview people that we are keen on having on the show. That's right. So for you guys to encourage and, and like Dee said, to comment and, and reach out, but not only that, just listen and like and comment, like – I don't think we can put into words how much no. it means to us. So thank you, each and every single one of you. Absolutely. We mean that sincerely. Now, because we love you guys so much, let's get into this episode. I think you guys are going to love this. And hopefully it'll uh, inspire you to go back and listen to some of the episodes we're about to play. So first segment Doss mentioned earlier, today we're going into shocking, shocking, shocking moments. Now, this means just something that might have caught our eye that made us go, holy shit, what the fuck did we just hear? Sorry about the swearing. <laughs> but, uh, that's that's what happens in a well, shocking when, moment. When you get shocked, you tend to let out the swear words. You do. So, Doss, uh, we're gonna, so what we're going to do, just so you guys are aware, we're going to play four clips now from four of the guests from the year. We're about to introduce them and you'll just hear them one after another and uh, we'll introduce them now. So, Doss, the first clip you're going to hear is... First one is the one and only Bailey Scarlett. So, Bailey is an OnlyFans model. Yes. Check out on the show and boy, didn't that get some traction across the globe. Yeah, I will. So you're about to hear the weirdest request she ever received as an OnlyFans model and that was episode 114 if you want to go listen to that. The second one, just a week before that, 113 with the great Glenn Boss. Bossy, what a star he oh, was. Put into word, what, how would you describe Bossy? <sighs> just an all-around great bloke. Great bloke. But it, it was more or less just the, the character of the man, just so humble, so respectful, so polite. I was just blown away. Absolutely. So you're going to hear one of the shocking stories that he tells as a profe- professional athlete and especially as a jockey of the lengths he went to to cut weight before... The Spring Carnival. Well, Glenn Boss, those who don't know or didn't listen to that, he's won three Melbourne Cups in a row. That's right. The biggest horse race on the planet. That's right. Three in a row he won. And the third one, D. Yes. Good friend of the show, the great man Cam Sinclair. Oh, yes, please. Cam Sinclair, what a bloke. Just Again, we could talk about each person's character and how great they are, but this is unbelievable. He's he's someone that we can call a friend now. We've built a great relationship with him this year. He's been on the show twice, once with his best friend Bilko as well. But this at episode 99 talks about this is hard for people to listen to, an unbelievable crash that happened in Spain Spain. uh, at the X Games and it's just just unbelievable what he went through. Yeah, it's it's touching, it's quite uh, raw and and pretty confronting but the man survived and it's a story that's worth listening to. 100%. And then finally you're going to hear from Tom Bishop, episode 96. This one was a bit more controversial. This is more, controversial. This is, this is going down the alternative route a Yeah. Little. And this is where we talk about uh, our little friend that starts with C. Oh, yes. Mr. COVID-19. Oh, God. So this is a great story from him. He's, he did unbelievable through the COVID period as an entrepreneur. He's got an unbelievable story, made a lot of money. So go and listen to that. But this 
particular episode is about what he dealt with through the pandemic, which again, a bit controversial and some people might say conspiracy, but you'll hear about the, the back and forth between him and China when it came to selling and buying PPE, which is pretty shocking to us. Let's get into it. <laughs> Here's um, a question I've, we've been wanting to ask. Here we go. Mm-hmm. We talked about it before, but what is the weirdest thing that someone has requested of you to send to them? Okay, so this one literally stands out, and I talk about it all the time because someone, people always ask, like, oh, what, like, what's the weirdest thing? One of the most bizarre things I probably have got is a guy requested that he would pay me, I think it was like between 800 and 1,000 US dollars to sit in my shower, get a litre of milk, Drink the whole litre of milk and do a warm, this is his words, not mine, warm milky puke all over oh. myself whilst obviously pleasuring myself with the milky puke. Um, Makes me want to puke. It's disgusting. And wow. Yeah, and like he wanted me to like make myself gag and like literally throwing up, like constantly throwing up all over myself. It was and horrific. How obviously, much did you say again for that? Between 800, it was like 800 and 1,000 US. Did you consider it? No, not for one second. Because honestly, like at that point, I would not even consider it now. So don't get me wrong. But um, for those listening that are disappointed, (laughs) I was just going to say, sorry to the listeners. Yeah. (laughs) But essentially, I was like, knowing my luck, like not that I had any interest in doing it, but knowing my luck, this would be like something that would stay on the internet of me forever. And Mm. I would just be like, you could Google my name. And there was me in the shower doing like a big milky puke all over myself. So I just was just like, absolutely not. Like, I can't even make myself vomit. Like, I don't know about you, but it's just not. I have like a fear of vomiting. Yeah. I'm like embarrassed. We, neither of us like vomiting either. Nah. No. Nah. 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 It gives oh. me anxiety. So I was just like, yeah, no, just politely decline. And other than that, you just get like, you get all sorts of different requests. You get like, people wanting to see like you shitting on the floor and <laughs> <laughs> peeing on yourself. And that's hot. Doing all sorts, yeah, yeah, that really is, hard. I can't believe the milk really thing hard. reminds me of Kurt Angle. The milk, oh yeah, but yeah. I've never, I've never had anyone request anything like milk before. That was the only one person that's can't ever believe. done it. So it's a, it's a token, token so, memory. So for what me. are normal, normal? Yeah, what are what are the regular requests you get? A what? lot of requests are just sort of like tease videos and like you know boobs and. Okay and things like that and like yeah. a lot of like strip teasing and mm. things like that and then talking to them like as in uh, like People using their name or writing their sometimes name so, like i've had like i've had requests for like jerk off instructional videos yeah still have not done one um <laughs> because honestly like i i'm just i feel like i'm not a very serious person and i probably <laughs> yeah, so i would probably struggle like absolutely nothing wrong with it but me personally like i feel like I would just feel so strange talking to a camera and like instructing someone how to wank basically. Well, I remember, I remember when Doss, uh, when I think he got his first blowjob back in the day and he gave us a live demonstration of the eye contact he was making with us, which is very uncomfortable to look him in the eyes when he's pretending to suck his Yeah, and I feel dick, like so. you have to stare at the camera and then I'm like, that would probably get posted everywhere. Idiot. You know, like oh, yeah. me talking to the camera. And like I said, I don't do sort of majority of things like that with my face in it. So sure. if it's like nudity or things like that, and I just feel like I don't want that online of me basically being Fair like, enough. You said some people did it well and some didn't. So over your career, were you able to find a process that worked for you? And what does that actually look like? So when you're talking about cutting weight, because most people can't comprehend what 
what actually goes into that. So can you explain how you actually cut weight and how you get it down, like the science of getting it down for a specific moment and yeah. time? Yeah. Okay. So for instance, like I had to ride a, a filly in a Cox plate at 47 kilos. So I'd walk, I was walking around at 54, 53 at the wow. time. So it's a lot. So that was cut. a that, that was a, like a a month process, and, yeah. and it got down to a point where I was actually starting to my body was attacking itself. It was I was muscle wasting. Um, okay. but I went on this massive high protein diet, boxing twice a day, and walking when I wasn't I was moving all the time. But what it got then, I was eating six times a day, but they were like hundred gram meals, or right. just or pure protein meats, okay. clean clean um, vegetables, no like, no sugars, barely any. Glucose and calories. No, 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 no calories whatsoever. No breads, no fruit, no sugars, clean water, um, distilled water. And basically that through that process, it's amazing what it did to me. Like, I, I, honestly, by the end of the process, I, wrote, I, got, I jumped on the scales one afternoon. I was 46 and a half. I looked like I'd escaped from Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> <laughs> but my eyes were clear. My skin was clear. I felt mm. unbelievable. I was sleeping, really? Yeah, you wouldn't wow. believe it. I was sleeping well. But I, I got to a point where I had virtually no muscle, uh, no fat, and it was even the doctor I was with. Uh, he, he said this is very dangerous because you got to have fat in your in your system. Mm. And I was getting down; I had virtually less than one percent of fat. Wow! And this is a real dangerous place because you can get sick very quickly, you know, and you have, and you don't have that immune system. But it, I mean, but I did it for a short period, like it was a month, right? And got myself really ready for it. And to be honest, boys, if you'd asked me to do it again, there's no way I would do it again. I was a bit naive to the whole situation, but I, once I was into it, I was locked in and I had to do it. And But that's an extreme, that's an extreme. Yeah. That's the extreme thing, you know, that one. When did you plant the idea or the seed in your mind that you wanted to go to the X Games and even, I guess, take on this, this trick? I guess um, yeah, as soon as I started doing the, the double flip, that's when I got an invite straight away, you know. Yeah. But the worst thing is I got invited for the 2009 X Games the week before that was the Madrid Red Bull X Fighters. And that's where I had that big, really big crash. I crashed in Madrid in 2009 and that's yeah, when I was in a coma and, and I had a fair few injuries and I was stuck in hospital over there for like a few months. So I was actually, not, not a few weeks, sorry. So I was in um, hospital as X Games was on. Oh, so I had to wait another 12 months. You know, the Did you go to the next X Games? Yeah, 12 months after, yep. After being in a coma yep. for a week. Yeah. yeah, the doctor said I might be able to ride a bike for at least you know, 12 months. I had to learn to walk and talk and just all the basics, Eat. you know. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So, um, put my foot down. My wife helped a lot, you know, with my rehab and stuff like that, and doctors and stuff. Like then, so um, as soon as I could walk, and that motivated me to, you know, think about the next thing. And I was to run, and I was to walk upstairs, and it's just a little basic things, but crazy for me to, um, you know, to take baby steps. And once I knew how to run, I'd go to gym, I could swim. Next thing was like, okay, I'm going to start riding again, ride, ride motocross. Mm. That led to um, hitting ramps again. Yep. And I wasn't allowed to drink any alcohol. I loved my beers back then in the day, <laughs> so I wasn't allowed to drink alcohol. And I remember coming up to Christmas time, and I promised my wife I wouldn't drink unless I did a backflip. <laughs> so I was like, Christmas Eve, I think I was out of Bilko's house. I'm like, fuck it. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so, I did, yeah, so I flipped, and then yeah, I was like, sweet, now I can get on the piss, I get on the beers over Christmas. That's right, Double whammy for the wife. Can you, like, especially for the listeners, I mean, we've heard this story, it's incredible about the crash, but. Yep. I think it's just a fascinating story. Like, I'm even interested to hear about, like, the days leading up to it. Like, you know what's coming and 
that whole night, like, take us through what it was like when you're about to go out and if you can remember it. Yeah, the, the actual night, I can't remember, no, but okay. um, the leading up to it was um, it was a pretty hectic schedule for me. It was start off in Texas, on oh, Fort Worth, Texas, sorry. Okay. Red Bull X Fighters. So I did uh, three double flips there, but I fucking hurt my ankles real bad. Like, real bad. I never got them checked out because I, was, I didn't want to get hear the bad news. I was going to say, because I've heard that they were broken. Yeah, that's what yeah. my physio said. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you photos. They're actually on my phone. I was looking at them yesterday, actually. Really? But both feet were fucked and they were ligaments and the, their physio reckons they were, they were broken. But that's... anyway, so I had a, um, a show lined up in Mallorca, actually, Mallorca in Spain. Okay. And that was a weekend before Red Black Spiders. So I didn't have any practice at all between Texas and Mallorca. Went to Mallorca, landed a double flip, only just... Because I had no practice. Had many people, anyone landed this before? The double... Pastrana yep. had landed one. Yep. And Scott Murray had landed a bunch at the time. So I was the third guy. So only two people had landed it. Yep. Wow. And yep. you've got broken ankles. Yeah. Probably. My ankles are fucked. And then... Um, like even traveling with broken ankles. Like <laughs> like getting I was fucked. I was to Spain. So I was, from- I was leading up to this Madrid crash was fucking hectic. And then... So I did the double flip in Mallorca. Actually went to Ibiza the week in between. Didn't really I bet he much. wasn't training there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck, that's why I crashed. <laughs> that's how he really broke his ankle. <laughs> nah, so I went to Madrid and I was so hot over there. It was like, you know, July is like summer over there. Yeah. And I was very hot, so I was very mentally draining. Mm. And had practice qualifying, did a double flip in qualifying on the Thursday night. Did a double flip in, in best trick on the Thursday night. On one of my double flips, I sort of whiskey throttled and hit the wall and hurt my shoulder. So I was in physio the morning of the finals, which yep. is on, on the Friday. And that was me. Ankles, ankles worked on by one physio and my shoulder worked on by the physio. Far out. From then on, this is what I was being told, obviously. From then on, I was, just, I was just battling all day. Comes to the night program. And just obviously mentally wasn't right. Yep. Physically wasn't right. And just didn't pull right. And just under-rotated the double flip. And the ground over there is like freaking... Well, the vision of it essentially looks like you just land on your head. Yeah, and I was just it's like scary. landing my head onto a concrete, like to a blue groove landing. It was like hard clay. There's no forgiveness in the dirt. Yeah. And from it, then on, yeah. It's the reactions too of the other guys too, watching oh, yeah. on. Like that's what makes it so, I don't know, like raw, I think, to watch because it's just a concern and everything stops and like everybody rushes out. Yeah. It's like, and, and do you even watch the footage? Yeah, like, I watch it all the time still. Really? I'm, like, I'm still surprised I'm here, you know? Like, that's, mm. to me, my head was back, backwards and just got smashed, but... Do you show what, your kids that, by the way? Yeah, Have they no, seen it? Um, Brooke doesn't like me showing the kids, but... Yeah. They're not really... Roxanne's still a bit young. Lottie's not really that interested in watching it. But no, uh, right, right at that point, our sport was just beaming, you know, worldwide. Mm. It was just such a huge sport. The, the risks were so high. The, the, all the tricks we are doing were so dangerous, and... At that, that, that year, there had already been a couple of guys that had passed away from riding freestyle because it was such a dangerous sport. So everyone just thought I was dead. My, my dad thought I was just dead because, <sighs> because it, had, it had been a fair few fatalities that year yeah. from freestyle because the sport was so high risk. They just thought, yeah, there goes another one pretty much. But Far out. Luckily, I was very, very thankful that I was in Madrid, Spain. There was a very good medical system over there, very, very good doctors. It had it happened like anywhere else in the world, you know, say Mexico or somewhere not quite as busy in a way. What were some of the like specific injuries? Uh, my injury was, I guess the main was my was my liver it was um, split. I was internal bleeding was real bad, so I had to yeah. do emergency surgery on that from my groin. I had to tie the liver back together, and then I was in a coma, obviously. So I had to, they induced me in a coma for seven days, let my body rest, and it's had a, like my shoulder was cracked, my shoulder blade, sorry. Apparently, my, my cheek was had a fracture, my hip had a fracture. Mm. Not sure if that was from 
previous. Or Ibiza. Or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The dance floor, yeah. yeah. No, I'm not sure. So there's a lot of little injuries here and there, but the major yeah. one was my liver. So once that, that's the internal bleeding. That's, the more, that's really serious. The more yeah. worry about the, the head and make sure the, um, you know, when I woke up, they were sure how I was going to wake up. Like I said, I'm no conspiracy theorist, but I do but. question <laughs> things. And yeah, so basically started the worker and safety company pre-COVID, drop shipping as well online. And then, you know, COVID hit China in January and they'd sent over government agents, they were called, to basically purchase every piece of PPE that we had in Australia and send it straight back. So, and a lot of people in the safety industry are a bit how do I put it politely? Not as a, you know up to up to date with technology and those sorts of things. And when they came over as well, it was a bit like it felt a bit scammy. You know, they're buying all our PPE. What what have you got? And I was the one who put my hand up and said, Yeah, I'll sell it to you, but I need a bank transfer. It's not going to be credit card because they can do chargebacks and things. Yep. It needs to be a bank transfer, and that's fine. And so I'd bought every piece of PPE in Australia that I could get my hands on. And all so on. you bought it off to sell back to them. Is that correct? I bought it from, yeah, local suppliers. Okay. So people who have their own brands. I bought it off them on a 30-day account. So <laughs> once I'd grasped the opportunity um, and how big it was, I purchased everyone's stock. Everyone I could get my eyes on the phone all day just saying, what have you got, what have you got, what have you got? Bought it all 30 days. And I think I had about $5 million that I needed to pay back <laughs> in 30 days, right? Wow. $5 million of stock. I purchased it, purchased all the sand. I'm committing to this stock. I was buying, wow. yeah, I was buying gowns for like $1, $2 and normally you sell them for 3 or $4. Yeah, that's huge margin. It was only double. When I was speaking to the, to the agents that had come over from China, they were bidding on the phone with me. So I'm saying, so, no, sorry, I've just sold it to John. John again. John, yeah, sorry, I like to use John. <laughs> it's not your dad's name, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. My middle name. But, yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, no, I've already sold it to John. Sorry. Oh, but I'll pay you a lot more money. And this is me just getting into business, right? Yeah. I'm seven grand in debt with my credit card, trying to impress my new partner. I had nothing, no, no dollar to my name. Yeah, so they were bidding on the phone with me and, you know, I'll give you $19 per gallon. I'll give you $21 per gallon. I'll give you $35 per gallon. I'm talking 100,000 gallons at a time that I'd, you know, paid whatever. Um, Five million for it all. Yeah. yeah. And the money, again, the money was like the end result, but that excitement of, wow, I just made like 200 grand in a three, four minute phone call. Profit. I'm sitting there like, this is amazing. Yeah. I'm screaming. I'm in my house on the kitchen bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Neighbors are probably like looking. I'm screaming. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Is this on the phone? On the phone. Yeah. Wow. They picked up the site and my marketing and they were just calling me trying wow. to buy this stock. And to make sure I had it as well, I spoke to the supplier and said, yeah, ship it to me, ship it to me, ship it to me. So my house, oh, my geez. partner's house was floor to ceiling, full of garage. Even out the front, I had to go and buy this tent and put all the stock in there. Shit. And then I had trucks, and this is in a residential area, trucks <laughs> lining up to drop it off and then trucks coming back to pick it up. I didn't have a, a forklift or anything. We're doing it all by hand. I'm talking like 100, 200 pallets a day by hand. It was crazy. Far out. Really interesting thing though was one of these, the charities was um, called 666 Union. The name of the charity that's, that's transferring the, the, and buying all this PPE. And at the time, I didn't really think about it too much. I thought, well, that's a weird name for a charity, yeah, right? Yeah, Devil yeah. number union. Yeah. Anyway, so they, yeah, Satan so, union. Yeah. And they bought all this stock and then, um, yeah, then COVID hit here in wow. March and we had no PPE on the ground. So can you imagine when a highly infectious virus hits and we've got no protection it's going to spread like wildfire isn't it and 
like I said, I'm no conspiracy theorist, but had the name not have been 666 Union, I probably would not have thought, you know, they're just buying PPE. Yeah. And it yeah. was pretty cool, though, to see on the news, you know, they were spraying their buildings over there. And I'm like, oh, I sold them that. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, that, that came from me. Like, that was amazing. But, yeah, they so, paid $150 for that game. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, they sold it to us for like 90 cents and then they bought it back yeah. for 150 you know, but... <laughs> Well, Dan, you were shocked as I am, mate. Oh. Well, probably not really because we've heard them all already. Yes. But, um, I mean, you know, when you listen to those again, you can't help but just go, wow. Holy shit. You know, all of them are just incredible in their own form. But I'm looking forward to this next one. Oh, here we go. Let's lighten things up a little bit now. Because it's time for the best Doss and D moments and the best moments of us two. Oh, as a duo, as mates, as housemates. It's just this year. And I tell you what, it was just, it was actually so hard to pick a few. So we've, we thought, you know, we've got to keep this brief. But uh, we're going to kick things off with episode 76, which was our first Idiots Abroad episode, which came to you guys live from our sick beds from London. We were absolutely unwell, and we were just talking about the first probably two weeks of our trip. We dissected it and told the unbelievable stories, including, you know, quite some serious illness. But this particular part that we're about to share with you is an experience that we had in a hostel with a, with a good, well, not a good friend of ours, but a friend we made that night. Do you want to elaborate a bit more? Oh, let's just say there was a the conversation was around a lot of illicit substances. It was. And it didn't involve us taking or touching or being no. involved whatsoever, but... Involves the persuasion from a Romanian that uh, didn't quite go to plan. So, <laughs> and the funniest part about that is his girlfriend walked out on him. So you hear that shortly. And the then, Doss, uh, next one. Next one, episode ninety-three. This one comes from, and it's uh, one of our most downloaded episodes, oh, which yes. I'm not surprised with because no. the title, the word in the title, caught watching porn. Oh, we gosh. were so we we ventured down some serious, serious holes when it comes to oh, our yes. teenage years. And when you're a teenager, you, you tend to become a bit more experimental. Yes, when it comes to uh, when the puberty's the puberty's coming in, you're growing some hair under. The armpits around the pubic region, and you know you're starting to uh, starting to become aware of your sexuality. Yes, and yeah, you, in our case, you begin to you know understand what a woman is, and uh, <laughs> and, you, and you start googling these. Things. Yeah, you start googling these things, and sometimes you might get caught by your friends, family, and uh, this was unbelievable. One of our favourite episodes, and we're gonna just uh, we're gonna play a couple of the of the classic stories that we shared of us unfortunately getting caught or nearly caught with our quite literally with our pants around our ankles. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to go to episode 94 And this is a bit of a you know, We have a segment on our show Which is called Social Media Comment of the Week Or, or yeah, Comment of the Week Or sometimes it gets called the Troll of the Week Because troll someone the week, yeah. either gives you or I a nice little jab to the guts So yeah. this is, has to be one of our favourite Trolls of the Week And I know that listeners are going to get a good laugh out of this one And a good tease from it too So enjoy it guys, we'll be back shortly Finally we upgraded to a slightly better hostel Better part of, of the city And we're sitting around and well, actually, I think you and I went for a nap because we were exhausted we at this stage. We woke up to, to two men drinking. I don't know what the hell they were drinking in oh, the middle just, of the room. I had a, I had a couple of sips. Yeah, oh. As soon as free alcohol is offered to Doss, Doss can't say no. And Doss got chatting to one of the guys and then I somehow got chatting. And then It was funny because like, what, what, I was on the bottom bunk, Dave was on the top. And it's like I got up and started chatting and then... D hears it, that he climbs down and oh. you know gets chatting. It, it's how it works. Yeah. It, like you always see that in a hostel. So whoever's on the top bunk, they they firstly they sort of sit up and they're mm. listening in on the conversation. They always and the Romanian bloke, he was making eye contact. He was desperate to get involved. He was. He he kept, was. Like every second, he could just look over and smile and try and you know get an invitation down. That's how it, that's how it works. But yeah, as you said, we started chatting and we decided, oh yeah, we'll go downstairs. You know, we'll keep keep this party rolling. We'll go downstairs. Um, I think a couple of them wanted to smoke some illicit substances. Yeah, that that was very funny. Um, and, and and someone else in this room was tempted by that. Uh, yeah, Dave, what are you doing? <laughs> no, can't. No, it wasn't me. It wasn't me because I, I firmly said no. 
Didn't I? I, feel, oh, I hate this stuff. So. Same. Yeah. Um, but the Romanian, what was his name? Um, I can't remember. Oh, uh, yeah. And the, and the master's getting his WhatsApp up. Yeah, because the bloke had to be on WhatsApp and he uh, rang me within 15 <laughs> minutes of adding each other. It was one of those ones where I think the bloke didn't trust that you gave him the right phone number. Adrian, that's Ad- it. Adrian, that's it. Um, do you Adrian. Do you want to give a bit of... Yeah, well, Adrian was obsessed with LSD. And DMT. Yeah, he loves the DMT. And he was and he was desperate to get... He's like, come on, do you want, who wants some? Who wants some DMT? And we're like, no, mate. No, we mate. Don't want any. I'm like, I'm not touching that stuff. I'm not, I'm not touching any of it to... But I'm certainly not touching that because it, it, you know, it uh, it feels like uh, uh, two days, but it only lasts five minutes. Oh yeah, he, he was struggling to breathe, the young fella. That's how he sounded, and we're like, well, mate, this isn't a great advert for drugs, to be honest yeah. with you. And it was desperate. Yeah, he was. He was, but I think he was trying to sell it. You know, oh yeah, he wasn't giving it away for free. Well, he gave us a sob story about how his miso, who happened to be Australian, which both of us struggled to believe. Um, <laughs> He basically, this is a very, oh, poor Blake, well, he's not going to listen. No. Um, no one knows who he is, so it's fine. Um, but he basically told us a sub story how he woke up and uh, <laughs> couldn't get onto his girlfriend. For three, you know, for three, she lives in the same building as him. And for three days, he's, he's trying to contact her. And then, you know, she finally gets back to him and he goes off, oh, you know, how good's this? She's got back to me. Where are you, Dale? I'm in the Northern Territory, Australia. Any chance of telling me? <laughs> The bloke told us that his girlfriend ran off to Australia, decided she's not coming back for three months and failed to tell him. Um, <laughs> they lived together. <laughs> and then he was... Oh, I was trying... Oh, I hate... Oh, look, oh, this is going to make me sound like a horrible person, but you're trying not to laugh when you're hearing these stories because you're like... It sounds like something out of a movie. You're like, <laughs> mate, what are you doing? Like, she's clearly off... You she's know, clearly not into you. She's clearly off, you know, having a... Let's say a good time in Australia. Our home computer was that like we had a like a front study. Yeah, there was a window on the side, so but the blind was down. You could still see through. <laughs> but the computer, so say the door front door opens, yep. and you walk in, and you can look. There's no door on the study. You can just see, see straight in. Like they can't, they can only see me facing them. Mm-hmm. It's not like my back's to them. Yeah, so yeah. I'm facing that way. If they walk in, well, my younger sister Camille. So I had my. Pants kind of half down. Oh, no. So, like, my bum was on the seat. Yeah, I was having a bit of fun. <laughs> and <laughs> it's so embarrassing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mo. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, girls. I was, I was just a young boy. I was just a young boy. I, see, I would have no problem telling these stories if our family didn't listen. I oh, know, me too. I was just a young man, but trying to make your way, make my way through life, work out. Navigate. Navigate. And um, You want to know what to do when the yeah. time comes. And yeah. um, my sister... I don't know where she came from. My little sister, I don't know if she was next door or if she was got the bus or from someone dropped her home. All of a sudden, I just heard like the front door open. I couldn't, I didn't see her. And my pants are down. <laughs> I've clicked out of the sight, thank God. But as she, and she just came bounding over. She just walked straight over to where oh, I was. That's so funny. So she's walked over. Thank God I've got out of the sight. I've covered my... Knackers enough, so the sh- <laughs> so that's completely covered. But my bum is still on the seat. Oh, that's so funny. Well, she the goes to me. Stuck to it. She goes to me, and it wasn't like a leather chair. It was like a fabric chair. Yeah. Oh, okay. And she goes, "Why is your bum on this? Like, why is your pants down? Why is your bum on the seat?" And I just said, oh, "I've just got the itchiest ass." <laughs> it's the things you come up with when you're really and stressed. Because I was like, "Oh, well, it's a fabric seat. I'm just itching my bum on it." But. Oh. And she went, oh, okay, and just walked off. 
How how embarrassing. I'm sorry. sorry. I'm so sorry. I'll I'll lighten this up to end the segment. Because remember, you said before, we loved the WWE Divas. Because at the time, they were like, it came out. I remember... That was the closest thing But again, I was to... embarrassed when I used to watch wrestling as a kid. And the, every time the girls came... Like, the wrestling... Because at the time, they weren't wrestling. They used to come out... They were models, really. Bra and panties matches. That's all they did. They came out for five minutes in wearing nothing. And I used to get embarrassed when my parents were around. Like, it's really terrible. But, like, they were. They were sex appeal. They at were, the time. Yeah, at the, at time. the time. Now they're pro athletes. Now they're... Yeah, exactly right. Running the joint, which yeah. is great. And... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Josh made a funny face then. Yeah. Anyway, back then though, they weren't. So Will James and I, again, oh, sorry. Oh, he cares, he's a pervert. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go, Will, you heard it here first, you're a pervert. He, uh, he used to download it, because I, I didn't get internet on my phone, so he used to download it and he used to Bluetooth me photos. And they weren't, again, it was softcore porn when you're 14 years old. It's not actual... It was, it's not real naked. They're not naked. They're it's in bikini. bikinis. They're bikinis. And anyway... Who came to me one day at school and he said, I've got about 100 photos for you. So send them over. This? Bluetooth me, son. And we're, and we're talking what? Like a Nokia? What, yeah, the like old little brick phones. phone. This is so funny. This was maths class. And my maths teacher was the vice principal of the private Christian school that we went to, right? Come vice on. principal Come is on, our maths teacher. We, you know, pick your time, boys, to do your Bluetooth. Let's do it in the maths class. You know, it ticks 100 boxes and goes send, right? <laughs> so the phone's going, mm, <laughs> for everyone. Mm, yeah, 100 <laughs> times, right? So after about 40 of them, I'm sweating and it's in my pocket. I'm like trying to like, and the teacher notices, the vice principal notices. She goes, Daniel, your phone. And I said, what? Give me the phone. You're not to text in class. I said, I'm not texting. I'm not texting. Give me the phone, right? So and this is the worst part. Every time it went, mm, a, an image came up, like a preview image, right? And there's a hundred photos coming up, right? And I'm trying to, so I'm giving her the phone, but I'm trying to turn it off, right? So I'm trying to hold the off button off. But every time you hold the off button, and you go, mm, it, it turns it back on. <laughs> the whole, and I'm like. A new diva ap- appears. You're nervous because firstly, you don't want your parents to find out. You don't want the whole class to find out. And you certainly don't, like, you're getting in trouble because it would be deemed porn and you'd be fucked. You'd Especially be at a Christian school. Well, we all know what that means. It's uh, it's social media comment of the week, and most of our comments these days are coming through TikTok. They are. We had a ripper come through the mailbox this week. One that was very bizarre, but I, I hilarious. This. And it was directed straight at the man opposite me, and by name, it was. It was directed right at you. And it was an, an anonymous account too, so we have no idea who it was. And can we also state, the comment was deleted very quickly after it was posted. Within an hour. So you screenshotted it. Some, some, cheeky, some, some cheeky rascal has, has hit you right square damn in the face. Some woman named Hannah. And uh, she's, she's she jumped. She might be listening. Hopefully she is. I'm about to retaliate, the... Hannah. Hannah, it's coming hard. So... Sorry. <laughs> 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 well... Well, when yeah, I say take, that. Take that, take that however you, you will. So here's what she wrote. TBH, to be honest, for our older demographic listeners. To be honest, I'd bet a million dollars that D is circumcised. He gives that vibe. <laughs> now, the strangest, there's a few strange things I, about this comment. I was just going to say, what's very funny is she didn't just write one and then the, the letter M. No. She, she wrote out one dash zero 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 dash zero. You know, uh, like she wrote the whole number. I know. And the, the thing that's so funny is it's on a video that's, I'm just in the kind of in the background. It's a video of Doss falling off the chair at, at Zerali, episode 92 of the show. 
So that's the first part. The second part is I'm like, the comment that I had in mind was great. My reply was going to be, I'll take you up on that bet because uh, for those playing at home, I still have a hood on the trunk. Uh, so, so if you want to bet, Hannah, if you want to put your million dollars down on the table, I'll, I'll drop my jacks right now. and uh, Live on air. Live on air, you can see. Um, and, and there's a lot of proof because... Not as loose as other four skins going around. Yeah, uh, no, we uh, we know one bloke in particular <laughs> who can, who, you know, who can fit a whole bag of lollies in there. <laughs> oh god! For those wondering, I'm not circumcised either. So. No, you'd yeah. think you would, were they? Yeah, do you want to bet a million dollars? No, I won't. Uh, but anyway, thanks, Hannah, for that comment Appreciate of the week. That. That's definitely comment of the week. Anyone else? Top. Anyone else who might have a comment that they're sliding across, whether it's on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook, for that matter? Leave our genitalia out of it. Yeah, please. I Unless mean, you got something nice to say. Actually, the thing is, do you think by saying I give off the vibe that I'm circumcised, firstly, is that, does that is that is that a compliment or is it a is it is she interested? <laughs> <laughs> That's a quote of a, of a show, by the way. Is she having a dig at me, or is? Like, well, I don't let's maybe let's for a quick moment. Let's let's stand in the woman's shoes. Let's stand in Hannah's shoes. Do you want a man who's got a helmet, or <laughs> or has got one that's free and, and bare? Maybe we we'll put this on Instagram polls. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what do you prefer? What would you like? I don't know. I, I, I think it'd be. I think if you're circumcised at birth, this is ridiculous. <laughs> we're talking about this, but if you're circumcised at birth, that's a great result because you don't have to go through the pain of. Dealing with it is later it, Apparently life. it's one of the most painful things ever. If it happens as an adult. Yeah. Do you know someone no, that's... No, dealt but with you that? were telling me this. Yeah, but didn't you say someone else you know has recently gone through it? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, no, I think but, someone did. Yeah, but I've heard this... I, I, I'm, actually, no, I can't throw the man under the bus. But someone said to me once, he said, it was actually really annoying. He's like, I just wish I was circumcised at birth. I said, why? He's like, I just look so much better. I don't know why, why he thought yeah. that, but... Well, there we have it. We've got us, our funny moments. Oh, yes. As a couple, as a duo. But now it's time to jump into the funny moments with our guests. Absolutely. These are some of the funniest stories that we've had on the Dawson D Show. Some anecdotes from some of our wonderful guests. And again, nearly every episode has a serious laugh in it, really. In almost every episode we ever put to air with any guests, we always, we always find something that we can We knack. have the knack to poke the bear. That's right. And Until we uh, get that funny story. Yeah. For you guys. So here it is. We've got one with the great Matthew Richardson. What episode was this one? This episode was 116 with the great man, one of the biggest guests to come on the show. And uh, it was a big honour for us. But he shared one story involving his famous coach, one-time coach, Danny Spud Frawley, which just absolutely had us in stitches. The next one is with a man by the name of Tommy Sheridan, another another man who's become all, a friend, become a friend, and also a big name in the footy industry or AFL industry. But this one blew up on the old social media, and we thought it would, and we knew it would. Uh, it's, it's a story about uh, Ross Lyon, oh, who was gosh. Tommy's coach over at Fremantle, and Tommy had a few too many beers. Uh, during the bye week. Let's just say that. And then he got in a bit of trouble. You want to listen to this That's one. That's right. And that was on episode not 119. It was. And then just a week later on episode 120, we had the, the great Kados and Connor from the Goes All Right podcast come on the show. And we that to be honest, that whole episode is just freaking hilarious from start to finish. But Kados being an AFL nuffy himself and a big love of the Melbourne Footy Club. Actually, all these involve AFL coaches. Yeah. But uh, he decided to take it upon himself to email the head coach of the Melbourne Footy Club, Simon Goodwin, because he found some footage online that he thought might actually help the team. So you'll hear that. If you're not a footy fan, don't worry. These stories, you don't need to be a footy fan. I understand footy to love these. These are actually all hilarious in their own way. So you guys will enjoy it. Should we get into it? Let's go. In Danny's last year, we were struggling, all right? We weren't going well. And, you know, the, the press were onto it. They knew that something was happening at board level. You know, there's a lot of rumours, Danny. You know, he was in his fifth year, you know, and we were going that way. We were going down. We weren't going up. Had a few bad losses. We got to training 
on a Monday to have our game review meeting. And as you drove into the car park, all the TV studios had their, you know, OB vans there, you know, with the big aerials yeah. that mm. pop up. So all the OB vans were there and your Tom Browns, and it wasn't Tom Brown, but yeah. the doorstop sort of type journalism was there, you know, and all the players were getting asked if Danny was going to survive. Are you hearing anything about Danny losing his job? And no comment, no comment. So, you know, he was under severe pressure and he knew it, we knew it. So we get into the team meeting up in the Graham Richmond room, which was upstairs at uh, Punt Road under the old grandstand. And we're all sitting down waiting for the team meeting. And it wasn't going to be a good team meeting. We'd been flogged. So you're sitting there thinking in your mind, gee, I hope he doesn't show that edit (laughs) or is he going to show this edit? Anyway, Danny was always punctual. I mean, we had this thing, Tiger time. You had to be on time. In fact, be, be early. So we're all sitting there. Everyone was on time and no sign of Danny. And then he eventually walked in about 20 minutes late. You know, a lot of players had their head down. You didn't yeah. want to make eye contact because <laughs> you knew you were going to get a good spray. And back then, you know, it was a bit of the old school philosophy where you yeah. still got sprayed. So you didn't want to make eye contact. So a lot of us didn't notice that Danny had walked in with the compressor that you put the air into the footballs with, right? <laughs> anyway, he got up the front and he puts the compressor down next to him and he's looking at us and we're waiting for him to say something. And then pretty quietly he goes... Boys, and as he said that, he's lifted up the compressor and he's holding it up above his head. He goes, what am I? And a couple of the guys down the front, like I was down the back, I was too smart, you know. Yeah, yeah. Get down the well back. Well done, avoid the spit. Yeah, I'm just a veteran by that point. Get down the back and avoid making too much eye contact. Anyway, he's held it up and the kids, have got, kids at the front have gone, oh, no, Danny, what are you? And he said, boys, what am I? And again, I think one of the young kids goes, I don't know, Danny, what are you? And he goes, I'm under the bloody pump. <laughs> and he's got the compressor up here. And, That's a classic. And oh, it's classic. 100% true. And we all just, and this, that was Danny to a T. That's so funny. We all burst out laughing. It. And Is that story true about, I heard Mick Barlow share it about. Yeah, it's true. Can, can you come on? Can you, can you share it? That's a goal. That's a piss up. Well, I can tell you now, yeah. He was all right. He loves a drink. Um, we all do. <laughs> we used to have respect. To, what is it? Like, we just used to say, let's make smart. It was a smart choices meeting. Yeah. They used to sit us down. It was like we are at school. And they'd say, right, how many drinks are you going to have in the buy? You know, how many nights in the piss? But Matthew Pavlidge played his 300th game. I, got, I, I was in that game. I actually played well. Kid, that, kid, was that? Wait. What, oh, no. I'm thinking of. Geelong. Yeah, okay. Like, yeah. The sealer. Travi yeah. Varco. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Get the footage up. Right. We'll get the footage up for that, mate. Did you get a vote that day? Nah, no votes. <laughs> Kick the sealer. I thought, fuck, I'm sweet for next, you know, bye. Then I'll be playing the next game. Is that on your hinge profile by any chance? <laughs> that, that sealer? Yeah, the sealer. <laughs> I should actually put it up. I might get a match. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, no, so we played Geelong, Pavs 300th, and we all went out and got absolutely hammered in Subiaco. It was one of the greatest nights. We had a bye next week, so why wouldn't you? And then we had training on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then we had the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, and then back in Monday. So then you had the, we had a chat after the, I think it was on the Monday or Wednesday, whatever, like, you know, look after yourself, see you Monday. One of my mates, Viv Mitchie, I don't care if I name him because the truth is he got delisted. Oh, no, he got traded to Melbourne. And he was over and they had a buy as well. We said, come back to Frio, stay at ours and we'll catch up. It was pretty hard to catch up when you're in season. And when mm. he come over, like he's one of our closest mates, we just could not help ourselves. So um, <laughs> he got in Thursday, but all the boys were excited Wednesday. Yep. 
So we all went to raffles and I was a bit unders because I was a bit sick actually. I felt a bit average and I was like, fuck, I'll go for a few beers. So I had six beers. And then Thursday, Viv rocks up, had dinner with him. We had a few reds, went out, it's pretty dead, went home. Friday night, there's this place called Ginger and it just used to go off. And we ran into all the boys we played seconds with and, mate, biggest, like just, you know, just a great night. Yeah, big night. Heaps of beers, drinks, more vodkas than that, you know. And then Saturday night was Lockie Neal's 21st. 21st, wow. So clearly I was there. We had a massive one, you know, lock as you would, 21st. Sunday, cruising. Monday, the voice was a bit croaky. <laughs> and he's up, he's up there and he just, you know, straight into it. Like, let's have a look at some ball movement. Bang, I've kicked this ball off the line. I've sprayed it. Mick Barlow's open side. Got a man beat. I've put it on the wrong side of him. He goes, where should you put it? And I said, oh, I didn't put it under there. And he goes, what's wrong with your voice? And I said, oh, <laughs> mate, I've, no, <clears throat> nothing. And he's like, how many nights did you have in the piss? And I just went. Oh, my, my heart sunk and I went, fuck. <laughs> and Matt DeVore was with me on Wednesday and because he's in the leadership group, I'm like, fuck. Mm. Matty was with me Wednesday. This is how quick my brain goes. I'm like, Matty was with me Wednesday. I was with everyone Saturday for Pavs prior and everyone was at Lockie Neal's. I'm like, that's three. That's I'm, three. I'm like, I'm fucked. And I'm like, two, you know. Oh, no, so I almost said three. Like, three. And he's like, what nights did you go? Oh. No, it was two. And I'm like, what nights did you go? I'm like, oh, Lockie Neal's. 21st and, and he's like we're gonna look into that and then he just kept going and i'm like fuck man what have i done here and then i'm like started passing out a bit and then he's done this like hang on a second let's all just fucking stand up and he yeah he just stood up everyone he goes let's stand up over here if you've had zero nights on the piss one night two night and three nights and i'm going you're fucking kidding fuck. so i was oh. on three and so was maddie tabernar and i think max duffy and uh, a couple of other blokes that were staff members. A bit of respect for them. Wow, good <laughs> and, on him. Uh, good we, on him. Yeah, we still looked around. I went, oh, no, I'm in trouble here. And he goes, and he just ripped in. And I can't, you know, it was pretty funny you know, Funny now. I'm looking at blokes in one going, you're fucking kidding me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're in one. I was with you in three. I was with, you got three at least and you're in one. I mean, go to two at least, yeah. you know. And then, uh, yeah, it was a week of hell, mate. It was a week of hell. I couldn't believe the amount of... Um, that's a solid, solid few days, mate. Well done. Well, it wasn't like it was Saturday. <laughs> no, it was it was Saturday, Wednesday, but mainly Friday. Yeah. It was a Friday, Saturday. It was yeah. a the, you know it was a buy. It shouldn't matter. Anyway. No, it shouldn't. Should it? Train the house down Monday, but um, yeah, no, well, it was. Well, being the best runner at Frio too, it shouldn't be. Got to be excited. Hadn't had a drink all year, but yeah, it's. Uh, but this is why it's funny because he pulled me up inside and I was still on his tape with Brett Kirk, and he goes, <laughs> goes, hey, mate. <laughs> Did you have a drink? Were you at Pabs? I go, yeah. He goes, how many did you have? And I'm like, well, I had a few. He goes, were you pissed? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, mate, was coach happy? Tick. Player happy? Tick. Mate, what about Wednesday night? And I'm like, well, I only had six. He goes, six. You had eight. He goes, coach happy? Mate, coach happy? Tick. Play Abby, thick. He goes, what about Lockie Neals? And this is where I'm like, fuck. I go, he goes, how many did you have? And I'm like, nah, not that many. He's like, how many did you have? And I'm like, nah, like four or five. And he's like, he goes, player happy? He goes, you were happy, weren't you? Tick. He goes, coach happy? He goes, you didn't have five, did you? You had more. I'm like, yeah, I was pissed. He goes, pissed. Tick. He goes, coach happy? 
Coach, not happy. <laughs> bang! Like, smacked the whiteboard and the magnets went on my head. And he goes, who do you think you are? Fuck Gary Ablett doesn't drink. You think he'd be going out three nights on the piss? What, what, what's Kirky doing in that situation? Kirky was just, just sitting like... there like, what the fuck's going on in here? And yeah. I'm thinking, fuck, I'll shit myself. That's oh, mate, it went on all week. And then we had to do the vote again. And fucking great. There's a bit of grey area with the Pavs night and a few other nights. And he goes, mate... And if there was another night on the piss, well, you'd be fucking out of here. And oh. I'm going, oh, no, I had another two nights on the piss. <laughs> <laughs> but we, I would have thought we hovered in around like, you know, a 7.8, you know, somewhere yeah. like that. But Caden, I think, has sort of worked his way gradually up to an 11 <laughs> with, with one of the manoeuvres he pulled during the week. He was on surfing the, the World Wide Web. Is this an exclusive? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah a bit of an exclusive, surfing yeah. the World Wide Web. And he came across a um, Pep Guardiola video, the coach of Manchester City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was talking to the Manchester City boys about oh, – who was he He's talking, talking to? He's talking to Rio Ferdinand about how you reinvent a team for sustained success. So Manchester City <laughs> have been up winning titles for the last six years, yeah. Champions League's titles. And it's this great chat where Pep looks at Rio and says – you need to reinvent. Like you, you can't use the same players. If it's the same players the following year, they will not get it done. You need to move. You need to like. You need to be at the forefront of like yep. reinventing this team. That's a ripping Pep Guardiola. That was a great. Right. That's, that's a, great that's a, terrible that's a really good Pep. No, I was impressed. Um, it's the best Pep talk I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I saw that, and one of the criticisms that Melbourne had this year was it was almost the same twenty four, twenty five squad. That got rolled out this year, so it was almost the same team that won the flag. No uh, reinvention, no innovation. So we got Kay Chandler, we got Toby Bedford um, in the twos, we got Jacob Van Royen, um, Jake Bowie was playing twos, and they were sort of playing like Jaden Hunt all year. Like there was there was opportunities to bring some fresh faces and reinvent and um, change the side up, give us a different look, and we didn't go with it. So I not, so <laughs> I get I get a message from Doss. So one night saying... Um, this is Kados. This is yeah. Kados, yeah. yeah. I get a message from Kados one night saying, I've just um, emailed Simon Goodwin. <laughs> You're kidding. What do you mean you've emailed Simon Goodwin? What what have you... What, you've asked him for dinner? You've asked him, what are you doing? Is yeah. he coming on the pod? What is it? Yeah. So I felt like deeply compelled wow. to send Goody this clip of Pep, Pep Guardiola. Saying that, yeah, like, because I'm just like, I'm like, You're kidding me. I'm like, so, I'm like, if someone's gonna get this, Simon Goodwin, like, would love to watch this clip. So I, I cut out the 15 second part, but I also sent the 15 minute interview. And it's not like you already had Simon Goodwin's email no, anyway. Like any workplace, oh, you had to outsource it. Yeah. No, well, like at any workplace, if we're working at Producey, it's just Connor.Rogers at Producey.com. And Caden had emails from the other people media who contacted at Melbourne. So just it's such a great uh, trick. Simon.Goodwin at Melbourne or whatever it and is. And the first <laughs> we beat that out? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it was something like that. And, and, it, went, and it went through. So any, any no, no, no feedback. <laughs> but it's I just, so good. for some, like I was sitting there and I'm like, I just need to know that he's seen this. Yeah. Like he doesn't have to, he can take whatever he wants. Do you reckon he knows it. who you are? I reckon, he, he, I reckon he does. He does. I, think, I, think I reckon he does. he does. Yeah, he does. I, he does. I think he does. Yeah. But like, as if he's going to sit there, see this Pep Guardiola <laughs> t- Pep talk and go, 15 minutes I better put Van Royen in this week, actually. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I've just come back from uh, sewing my sides up. I've been laughing so hard. <laughs> oh, uh, how good was that? It was, it was fantastic. But now we have to, uh, unfortunately, not unfortunately, we, have to, we just have to change the mood a little bit. Yeah, did we order this right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Let's dim the candles, get the tissues out in some... No, like, no we're not going back to the porn episode. No, we're talking about oh, you know, liquid from the face. That's right. But, but this one, we've got lessons next to it. Yeah. 
But it's more so life advice, you know, heartwarming and real, you know, some of it can be inspiring. So we've got three snippets from three interviews that we felt were just really powerful. Yep. And the first one is from episode 102 with Don Elgin. So Don is a Paralympian, been to the Paralympics multiple times. We had him actually twice in the studio. The first time, uh, we the, we didn't click record, unfortunately. Yeah. So we had to get the man up. You know what? I'm glad I didn't record that first time because the second chat was just unbelievable. But he shared – Don's only got one leg mm-hmm. and he shares a really, really incredibly powerful moment when he was a kid around once the, the switch flicked. He realized that, you know what, these are the cards have been dealt and the way he changed his life going forward from there is just unbelievable. Some amazing advice from his dad. The next one goes back to the start of the year. Actually, when we were in the UK, we sat down with West End star Ryan Hutton and that was episode 77. And again, just a very relatable chat for us especially, but I think the listeners got a lot out of it too. He's a young bloke who's chased his dream. He was going to be a professional soccer player initially. That didn't quite pan out. He didn't really know where to go in his life and actually became an actor and it's become very, very successful. But well, in, well, you, when we were over there, you actually went and saw the, the stage show that he was in. Only yeah. Fools and Horses, one of your favourite shows, uh, British comedy. And Dee went and saw the, the show and thought, this guy's unbelievable, we need to get him on the show. And I reached out to him and I thought, nah, there's no way. And he came straight back and he was in and a couple of days later, we hired a studio and we sat down with him and had an unbelievable chat because he just his attitude is just fantastic like incredible. It's, it's incredible attitude so we're going to play a snippet for you now which just really talks about mindset it's about you know the attitude of just saying fuck it go for it whatever that may be and it's very powerful so we can't wait to play that and the third one mate is from episode 91 yes please the man himself trav bell the world's expert when it comes to writing bucket lists oh yes and we both read his book and applied it did an episode about some of our bucket list goals and now ticked a lot of them off heaps of them off so Again, we're going to play just a little bit now of some incredible wisdom that he had to share, and that will probably wrap us up, but we'll speak to you very soon. I actually asked that question to my dad. I said, why me? You know, and I'd always ask, really interestingly, I'd always ask that question of why me when I was feeling sorry for myself, and I always felt sorry for myself when my leg was sore. So if my leg was sore, I got pissed off. Like, I just... I was angry mm. and I remember this one day we I'd finally made it into the tote footy at the our tote public school in the footy team it was off to go and play the the Catholic school and then it all began again like all that bullying just bang they hit me on that day it was like I was the little freak show that went to the other school and the school just like it wasn't this, but it felt like this to me. It felt like the whole school had been given a little card going, the kid with one leg, give it to him. Yeah. So that day I went home, I was 11 and I was struggling because I thought, shit, I can't handle this. And I was struggled so much that I was sitting down in our kiosk at, at the caravan park and dad walked in, I was crying. I said, I was lost for words. And then I said, dad, why me? And what he said, in my opinion now as a father of four, was a stroke of genius. He didn't put his arm around me and wrap me up and give me a big cuddle and say, it's going to be okay. He knew that I was at a crossroad, and I was at a crossroad because I was actually contemplating which way I would take my own life. So at 11 years of age, get your head around that. That's a, that's a really shitty space yeah. in life. And it was because I couldn't cope. I said, Dad, why me? And he said, well, why not you, mate? You've got a good attitude. You can deal with it. Mm. It's only a bit of your leg. So there were three facts. Bang, bang, bang. He just gave to me. And I thought, okay. And then he just wandered off. I thought, holy shit, I'm struggling here and you've just hit me with that. So then I thought, righto. What did he say? He said, I've got a good attitude. 
Okay, if dad says I've got a good attitude, I must have a good attitude because yeah. he bloody knows shit, right? And then I thought, it's only a bit of your leg. Yeah, actually, imagine if it was, imagine if it was both my legs. Imagine if it was both my legs, both my arms. All of a sudden, I started doing this mental arithmetic for all the shit that could go wrong. And then I'll come out on top and go, it's only a bit of leg. Hang yeah, on a minute, this wow. is not so bad. And he goes, you can deal with it. So then I've got the, I can deal with it. Righto, got a good attitude. It's only a bit of leg. I can deal with it. So at that moment, I literally flicked the switch on my life. And probably what I realize now is I stopped being a victim. Mm. And I started owning it and going, right, this is my card. How do I play it? What's your advice to to our demographic, our listener group, the the 20-something that are... They've got that secret ambition in their life. They, yeah. they want to go for it, but something's holding them back, whether it is that commitment of family or commitment of finance or commitment of whatever that is. Yeah. Do you have any advice? I guess, I mean, this is me now sort of trying to even tell myself the advice, you know, even let, let myself know and check in with myself to go, but you can't stand still. And if you feel yourself standing still and you know when you're like yearning for like whatever that is it could be anything if you are you doing enough and i suppose the advice is i can't say it because it's rude but you know you can say it okay it's just like fuck it Mm. seriously fuck it what's stopping any of us from achieving anything like anything you're only, as we said earlier, you're one person away from being the right person. Yeah. And it's only fear. That's what it is. Or maybe you might get, you might embarrass yourself. But also, again, to that, fuck that. Mm. Who cares? And there's people you'll meet along the way who will be in the way of achieving what you want. But you've got to sort of like, you know, be nice to that person or to, to achieve what you need. It's a case of just going, who cares? I know, like... And I honestly don't want to look at my life in 20 years' time and think anything other than you gave that a go. Whether I didn't achieve anything that I went for, even if I achieved one thing. I truly believe there's like so much more that will happen in my life because since coming out of the pandemic, my mindset has changed in the way which I'm so thankful for. There was a point in the pandemic where I became very anxious and I never really, I struggled, I struggled with anxiety a little bit, but not too much. I became very anxious. And there was a moment when I was like, I don't know if I want to go back to work. Wow. The thought of going back to work was so scary. Mm. And no, I told a couple of people who knew about it, but the battle with inside my head was a complete battle between me and my brain. And it became a point of me going, okay, mate, my brain was going, you'll be safer if you don't go in because you won't mess up. And then actually debated that thinking okay fine maybe that's the case I've, I've had fun i opened it for a year and a half i've got some good reviews like people sort of know what i'm doing now and then it became a point of going fuck that yeah don't you dare yeah. because this is all up there you know it's all up there and it's just another thing which you have to train to do and it was a case of me going i went out and i ran and i did the right things i listened to podcasts i ate the right stuff for a month and whatever and just retrained my brain to come into it in that first day of rehearsal the second i said the lines and i and i did i met everybody else and we did the first scene my body went like you're meant to do this you know what i mean you're Mm. meant to do this so that month of worrying it's not worth it and that's not saying that i'll never worry again because of course we will 
I've got that in me. And we, I don't know whether you two are overthinkers or worries or whatever, but, yeah, for sure. you know, like, that will happen. But I don't, th- I think that was probably the toughest time in my life. So any sort of advice I could give to anybody in the future is if you are in that moment, you might be in that moment now. Like, right this second, you might be going, everything is a problem. Everything, I can't see, I can't get over this. You will. You have to. There's no other option. Take Look like evaluate everything that you've got in front of you and go all of that because of that one thought. It's ridiculous, really. Mm. This girl sent me an email after the talk and she said I was actually too shy to come up and say hi to you. I really wanted to shake your hand. I'm like, cool. like, <laughs> uh, not- what she didn't say, there was a line just going 200 meters out the door to meet the great man. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you could barely see me from the end of, end <laughs> of that line. Um, no, at the end of the day, she didn't. It was actually quite a small group, and but she sent me an email and she said, "Look, I didn't want to because I didn't want to take up too much of your time. Just to let you know, I was there, and I didn't want to come, but something about your thing drew me to be there on the day." You know, my boss said, "Oh, you might really like this." Anyway, she had a drug and alcohol problem at the time. She was in, on antidepressants as well. She tried to commit suicide a bunch of times. Yeah. Obviously, unsuccessful. Sent me an email and goes, "Something happened." inside me today <clears throat> and um and then she um i go awesome you know just to keep her off uh, keep her on on the path i said all right well i went through the bucket list stuff you're gonna i want you to send me your bucket list within 24 hours and she did that when you go out and talk to a large group you don't know who you're going to trigger mm-hmm. as well and luckily i've had no bad stories thank god but you never know yeah. Right. It could just be the line thing. Oh well, it's too much. You know, who knows? So she sent me back, and I said, "What? What's the first? You know, the, of all the things you want to do, she sent back this really exhaustive list, and it was fantastic." I said, "All right, what are you going to do first? I said, "What do you mean? Like, just go and do something. Literally, commit to something right now. In the next twenty-four hours, go and do it." Can't remember what it was. Anyway, she comes back. She goes, "I did it. Awesome. What's next?" And I just like just mindful <laughs> of you know this chick could. Could flip at any moment. Yeah. Anyway, I lost contact and I went, all right, cool. I got busy. I assumed that she was okay. A year later, um, <coughs> yeah, she sent a, um, uh, a photo of her and her family over in Italy and she said, I made this happen. Wow. Um, and, and it was because of your talk. Mm. Okay. And... I was afraid of going overseas and I was afraid of this and I was afraid of that. I've changed jobs, Trav. I got rid of my partner. I haven't drunk for six months. I went into a program, the whole bit, and offer antidepressants. All right. What do you, how do you react to that? That's incredible. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. So I'd like to say that was, that's been, I'm not making any of that up, right? So that's fair income. And then she's just like, a, you know, she's amazing. I'd like to say that's the only incident. But I've had many of those thing like things happen over the last imagine ten years of doing this and then and learn the amount of people that have come back with sent me GoPro footage. <laughs> some of it really weird too. <laughs> and some, you know, you know, we used to give out these things and be like, Oh, here I am ticking it off and there's I remember that actually. Know, I remember like, that like from the expo days. Different yeah. things fully nude with just this in front. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Shave doesn't want to see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, 
I've been seeing some funny shit over the years, <laughs> videos and video pro footage and, and photos, obviously, and people tagging me in different stuff. And, you know, it's so cool. And that's been a, you know, a gentle wave that's getting bigger and bigger over the years. It's been awesome. And what makes me really proud is the fact that, you know, we've got bucket list coaches now around the world teaching this stuff. And now they're getting that from their people. Here you go, mate. Here's a couple of tissues. Thanks, mate. I don't know, Nathan, well, wasn't that beautiful? Uh, powerful. Powerful. Powerful yeah, stuff. Powerful stuff. I mean, all of the segments today, I think, really, they really capsulate what the Dawson D show is all about. Yeah. And that is, we love to have a laugh. We are all about trying to make the most of our lives and the opportunity that we have. And, I mean, there's always going to be shocking moments. That's, that's right. right. <laughs> that's right. There's always, yeah. going to, there's always going to be a little bit of only bed. Um, but, yeah, that's right. Like, we, it just shows, I suppose, the different types of people we get to chat to, we're lucky enough to chat to, and, and we all get to listen and learn from. So hopefully that just gives you a bit of a snippet. If you're new to the Dawson D show, there might be a few there that you might go back and have a listen to. But, uh, yeah, we just wanted to kind of wrap this year up. We're Looking forward to propelling into 2023. We've got some big things happening, which we're super excited about. Dawson D is going to absolutely explode next year in a way that we're going to have more time, more freedom, more oh, yeah. flexibility to keep working on this project that we absolutely love. And it wouldn't be a thing without you guys. So we want to thank you once again. That's it. Those who listen, those who watch uh, our YouTube videos, our social media videos, whatever it is, um, we just want to thank you once again. Absolutely. And that's, uh, I think that's a wrap for 2022, mate. It is. Where, where do they follow us? On Instagram at, Do- <laughs> at Dawson D underscore, at TikTok at Dawson D, YouTube, Dawson D. Link- and a- email us at the, Dawson, uh, at the Dawson D show at gmail.com. Yes, that's it. Um, probably not really the popular option for most people, but uh, you know what? Follow us. Follow us. We'll see our best stuff there. And uh, We love you all. We hope you have a lovely new year. Safe and, and happy new year. And we'll see you next year. Yes. 